Welcome everybody to Coffee Talk with Instructional Designers. I'm Dr. Rena Walzinger, Chief Learning Officer at Eon Reality. We do have our coffee. I do, oh, I gotta show mine on, on the screen. Mine's invisible, but oh, there we go. Battlestar Galactica is my mug of choice today. It says, so say we all. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and I am Megan Blevins. I'm the Director of Customer Success, and I'm a lifelong educator and instructional designer, and we are super excited to be here today to talk about how do we really do this thing that's called design, these, in, these instructional um, experiences for students to learn inside of Eon XR. So we're going to start at the beginning where we go up. Where do we want to end up in the end? We're going to do that whole backwards design thing. And then we're going to step through the whole process of designing and coming up with the lesson inside of the software. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you get a, a URL that is a lesson that can be used. Reminds me of the first time I taught and it was like, and I'm a recording engineer. So it's like, what do I do? And my sister, who's a professor said, oh, get a book and then start with that. <laughs> And so look at the outline and see what's taught there and what order. And so I, over the years, you know, 22 years later, developed a really good method for kind of actually flipping my classroom, but, you know, knowing the order of things that are going to happen and all the materials I pull from. So um, with all of those years of experience, that's what we're going to try to bring to you to bring into easily into an XR experience today. Absolutely. I love that. Flip the classroom. That is exactly, exactly what we're going to do because we know that to really get people engaged in learning and really starting to find the places in the schema in their brain where they're here, poke, 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 poke the spots in the brain behind mm -hmm. me to put the information, they have to start to interact with it. So if they're interacting with that on their own or in small groups inside that classroom. We, we flip it around, not gonna sit there and talk to them, but instead give them that opportunity to engage with content and then apply it and use it so that you can be able to really maximize your time together in the classroom, I promise I'm gonna Right, so let's just start from the top on what we kind of think about when we're just creating a lesson before we even think about XR. Um, you want to start with that? I have ideas on how I do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So where do we start before we even pick up that the device to start building something, or we log onto the computer, we are, we have to start with that learning outcome. We have to kind of start with what is the bounding box that we're putting around what we're trying to accomplish in the classroom? And so for, from the instructional design standpoint, right, that idea of that backwards design, we're starting where we want to end up. We're coming into that learning outcome. Some I, I'm not going to get into a semantic debate with anybody, but you want to call it your objective, you want to call it your outcome, you want to call it your goal. I don't really care what you call it so long as that's in your mind at the beginning of this process, because it really does drive everything that you're about to do. So I, I recommend always let's just start with when they walk out the door, proverbial, right? <laughs> when they walk out the proverbial door, what do you want them to be taking with them? Right. And it, depending on your role at your institution, it could be a different level outcome, right? So it could be an institutional learning outcome. Like, what does my career center do? What is in my library? What are the services versus 
a student learning outcome in a classroom. How do I record an instrument with a microphone? You know, very specific. So the whole gamut of things. Now, what's interesting about that is when you think about models, and I'll just bring one up here. I have, um, it's a little hard with my camera, but I have a R2D2, there he is. Oh, he's popping in and out. But anyways, my R2D2, there we go. So the, I think about this model and it has parts. So my SLOs could be, okay, what are the parts in this model? But it could be, how did I build this model? Or what was this made out of? Or what does this robot do in a factory? You know, there's a lot of things that you can be asking in those learning outcomes. And as instructional designers, that's what we think about is the very many buckets that we can teach in. And that learning outcome um, thought process is critical to your lesson. So a lot of my learning outcomes um, have to do with certain parts of making um, audio tracks or movie movie things. And then the bigger there's bigger ones, you know, on based on entire projects that include all the previous learning outcomes, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so then from there, from that point, you're saying, okay, if, if this is what I want my students to be able to do, then the next step backward in that process is how are they going to even show me that they know that? How will I, as an instructor say, yes, they got it. That's the thing that shows me they can do what I wanted them to do. And this is where you can start to get really creative and you can get super, super um, diverse with what you ask students to do, right? This is where that whole, I'm going to give you 10 different options of how you can show me this, right? Which is super overwhelming, right? Don't give 10, but give ideas for here are different ways that you can show me that you understand this information because we know that all learners are a little bit different. And some people are going to freeze up or totally shut down if you give them this kind of way to show what they know. But if you give them this kind of way to show what they know, they can do it from start to finish. I've got um, kids, little kids, and my son, I have two sons. I have three, but I have two in particular that I'm thinking of right now. And what they do is one of them is just so good at if you push play on him, he's going to talk to you and tell you literally anything you want to know about what he's been learning about. But if you slide a piece of paper in front of him and say, write it down, or you say, show me by doing X, Y, Z, right? This tactical thing, he freezes up and he, he gets concerned, right? Whereas my other son, completely the opposite. If you ask him to talk about, oh, oh whatever, oh, <laughs> you ask him to write it down and all of a sudden now it's, I can do it. I know I, so that's what I mean when I say give those students different ways to show it. That's where that kind of, that, that mode of thinking comes from. It comes from that space of as long as you as the instructor know, this is what I want them to do. And here are acceptable ways for them to show me how to do it. Then that, then that works. If drawing blood is the task at hand, well, okay, there's really only one way that you can draw blood. You're either going to do it or you're not. You can either put the needle in the right place and draw the blood or you can't. That's not where you can pick different modes of showing a particular thing. But there are a lot of areas of study and a lot of outcomes where you can do that. So don't be afraid. Yes, be creative. So let's start with how do you um, kind of come up with 
things that you can display. And right now we're used to doing that in an LMS, probably Moodle, Canvas, Blackboard, D2L, whatever you're using. Um, we're all used to creating materials in those spaces, especially in the last two years uh, with a lot of online teaching. So now we're going to kind of pare that down to show what would be appropriate or convenient or helpful to, to include in an immersive experience. I'm going to start with sharing a little uh, lesson plan that I did. And can you see that, Megan? Yes, I can. Okay, super. So uh, one of the areas that I love to show because I'm also a biomedical engineer and I worked in cardiac, um, the cardiac area is things about the heart and cardiac rhythm. So I made a lesson plan. Um, I'm not a doctor, you know, cardiologist, but how did I do this for, for this example? So I decided to put some objectives in, um, an introduction. This could be anything that you want. Um, I made some lesson modules in here on what we're going to be doing, and then some Q&A that cannot, and I think I put a discussion prompt, an activity assessment discussion prompt. So actually, I put a lot in here. So this, what I'm going for right now is having a lesson plan that's going to be inside of my XR experience as a PDF. Now, why do I do that? I do that just so that you can be in the experience and see all of the things I'm expected to learn without leaving the experience because you're going to have portals that you can bring up um, and then you can make them full screen and you can see what the materials are. So, um, and how would I, how I did this is I do, so what my normal processes are, you know, I might have books, I might be using the internet, um, peer-reviewed articles. I also um, augment that now with um, open AI so that I can talk and just ask things and then I can cross-reference that with my with my books and my peer-reviewed research so I can I'm still the driver I'm the captain of my own ship so the content I create for my students is basically I you know coming from me as a verified I have to verify my sources so I use a combination of those things to create these materials what the open AI helps me do quicker is get my thoughts in order so that I can um, generate these materials a lot faster than I used to, um, especially when it comes to quizzes and things like that. I can verify that the information is correct um, from my knowledge and those sources, and then um, and then I can have this format generated very quickly. So um, a lot of people ask me about, well, how are you doing that? I can do this in about five minutes now, um, and just with a little formatting. So I actually have a template that actually Megan made Thanks, Megan. And I just fill this in now for each of my lessons. So pass it to Megan for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So there are the, the uh, uh, how do I want to say this? The ability to do things with AI now has, has grown exponentially, even in the last few months. And so when we can start to leverage that artificial intelligence to be able to help us. And I love that I can even, I can do this um, inside of Eon is I get to say, okay, this is, this is what I want to teach. I want to teach about cardiac, cardiac rhythms. Okay. Now give me that information. And then just like you were saying, verify those sources. You're the subject matter expert as the teacher in whatever that content is, right? It's the expectation is that you are going to be able to then look at that and say, that is exactly what I would hope that this would be, or this is a great start. And that's my personal favorite 
for uh, using AI and, and that sort of thing is this is an amazing start. Now, with that boost, with that little bit of a lift, I'm going to take this and I'm going to modify it and I'm going to turn it into something even better. And it's very quick to do because you already get kind of that heavy lift out of the way at the beginning. Right. Uh, yeah. I think what the term comes into my mind about this is organization. So if you see the content I'm generating, it's not the peer-reviewed research here. It's organizing thoughts, right? I'm organizing modules. I'm having titles and things. So the content is not the content that is actually going to be tested on. It's like, what am I going to be doing in this lesson? So I'm going to be in this one, understanding the EKG, how it works, et cetera, et cetera. So those are not facts about anything. They're organizational components in my lesson plan. So that's one way I use this. Um, Q&A, same thing. It's organization. What types of things can I ask and answer organization-wise? It's not the um, actual, like, here's what's in the book type of thing. But And there are some, there are answers here. And there that's when I have to bring in my teacher hat and go, okay. Um, do I like this? Do I want to change it? Um, and so that's that's my job as as the instructor. And so I do use and discussion prompts is one I love because discussion prompts are prompts. They are also not the answers. And so that's a great way to use uh, quiz quiz questions, answers, discussion prompts. Great way to organize thoughts uh, with OpenAI. I really like it for that. So you can um, the answers are not here. In fact, so you know reflection considering, imagining, discussion, discussing. It has a really good terminology. So for me, that organization is tremendously helpful. Yep. And then you can fill in and adjust where you find that you would like to do that. And it gives, it gives the roadmap, right? Right. So what does this do for us? It gives us the ideas of what types of models now might relate to this. Um, is there a model or is it make it maybe an environment or something I scanned? In this case, I want to bring in maybe a little EKG monitor and maybe a pumping heart to see where the arterial and venous blood is flowing and what things would affect. Another thing that I might be doing if I'm in a nursing class, for example, which I had to take a very hard class, is dosing relating to changes in cardiac rhythms. So there's a lot of different types of things you can do. Now that that's important because if you're just thinking, I'm going to do a lesson about hearts, that is not enough information to kind of come up with the content for anybody. So that's why we're saying, you know, let's go through this first and really think out the lesson that lends itself to an XR experience. Yep, absolutely. And keeping in mind that that XR experience can really take two flavors. It can take that that lens of providing information. That's that flipped classroom model that we were discussing earlier. So I can provide information and I can teach people about something like the heart and how does it pump and what are the rhythms and how does this machine work? Or I can kind of turn that around and I can use that XR experience to be the student telling me something as the instructor, showing me that they understand that thing that I was trying to teach them and giving it back to me. Think of it like a project for the student. Um, I had a really fun time designing a lesson on museum exhibition. Now, I am not a museum exhibition expert, but was able to research the content like we just showed that you would do, right? Here I have to, I'm creating a lesson on museum exhibitions. 
here's the content, here are the principles of design that go into creating an exhibition. And you can really give a lot of information in that regard. And, but then what? But then what? You can have the student create their own virtual exhibition. So that I thought was a lot of fun. I used a model that was a museum floor and I placed the different principles in different rooms of the museum. So each room they that they were virtually walking into was a new principle about designing their own. And then their task at the end was, okay, now do it. So in that world of, of 3D models, I think sometimes people get really stuck in, here's, here's the valve for the heart, here's this ventricle, here's that ventricle, that's all I can do with this. But that's not all, right? There's, there's a lot more that you can do. Absolutely. Once those creative juices get going. <laughs> right. So we're going to do a little sample from scratch. I'm going to show you the two things I'm going to use here are my phone. Oh, I have to put for me. My phone. I have a happen to have an iPhone 13 Pro. And then this little thing, not required, but I like it. It's a little phone holder. I got it's like a little $10, $15 thing. It has a little tri mini tripod on the bottom. So I can, if I want to um like teach and just have this showing on my classroom, I can just put my phone in there like this. So I have this. So I'm gonna use that once I get the lesson up. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my phone screen and just for your knowledge, I use on my iPhone um, the screen mirroring. So if you swipe diagonally on your phone, in fact, if I share my screen, I can show it to you. Okay, so you should be seeing my phone. Do you see my phone, Megan? Yes, I do. Okay, super. So on, I use, I have an iPhone, it's different on the Samsung. On the iPhone, it's this little square that's got two mirrors in it. You can see it's kind of flashing there. That's the screen mirroring. Uh, function. So once I have screen mirroring on, I can go into any app. So I'm going to go into Eon. And um, so we're going to do uh, an example of a metaverse builder lesson, meaning uh, we can put in more than one object, which I want to do for this particular case for cardiac rhythms. And I have one done, but I'm going to start from scratch. So um, and Megan, uh, as I'm going through here, just stop me as as you want to uh, include information, but <laughs> sounds good. We'll do my best here. So on the bottom right, there's a plus sign. I'm going to click that sign, the sign, and then I'm going to click the icon that says Metaverse Builder. Yeah, because, and then it was ringing. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to use AR mode. I'm in my studio here, and I'm going to go ahead and place an object. Hi. What do you want to learn about today? Heart monitor. And I'll just point out while this is all loading in that, that there's that um, that avatar that pops up. You get to ask it questions. You can um, have it help point things out. Um, I'm creating a knowledge portal for you. One moment. It does work for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now it's creating uh, knowledge portals, which you can do yourself or you can have it automatically create. So. Great monitor um, is a personal now in this case, device that allows one to. It's talking about personal heart rate monitors. So you can ask me anything. I'm going to do this. I'm going to redo my uh, my portals, which is what I did when I did this lesson uh, myself yesterday. So I can go ahead and there's 
I could go ahead and change these. So, um, and that's as a teacher, I definitely want that prerogative to change things. All we have to do is hit the plus button and I can just change this. And so I really want to learn about EKGs, but I wanted to bring up a model that was a heart monitor. So that's why that happened. So this is a really good example of how to change things. So type EKG in there and I'm going to learn about the rhythms. So I like that one. And again, this is based on my own personal expertise on EKGs, which I did take these classes. So easy for me to know what I want to do. I can preview these videos and materials as well. And I have a PDF in my computer actually that is that on my desktop. This is another good example. I made I made that PDF in, in advance um, of that lesson, so which I just showed you cardiac rhythms. So I'm going to add this entire thing in there. And I can add a couple more things. You saw voice to text and text to voice. Ah, take one at a time. There we go. Perfect. Okay, so now we have our portals. We can see anything, play a video, or you can see anything full screen like that. And so that's the content normally that I would have. I could have it in my LMS. I can also have it here in my immersive experience. So now that's related to this heart monitor and what things I can expect to see. And I can add things on like disease state, medical things, or change of medicines. Um, and so that's what I want to do is say, okay, now if the heart has a problem, what am I going to expect to see? So I'm going to add a second thing here. And I'm going to push the little square. Heart animated. There we go. Okay, so now I've brought up a heart to go next to the monitor and the heart has comes with animations. And so I can, um, depending on which, which object I'm clicking, I can get different information. So here's this monitor with the heart rates and then I'm gonna switch over to blood flow through the heart. Once I switch over to that, I can, it brought up portals so I can see the portals and make sure they relate to my lesson or change them around. So in this case, I've got blood th flow through the heart. I've got the diagram, which I'm gonna make full screen here for a second. So I have all the various blood flow through the heart, the arterial and venous blood flow, which is perfect, just what I want. And I've got a explanation of um, oxygenation, oxygenation of blood. And what I love about this model, in particular, it has different animations, so I can actually see different blood flows. So this is um, being a cave to the right atrium, the right atrium to the right ventricle, and so forth. So I've got different choices. That's a fantastic immersive experience because it's all in motion. So this is probably my favorite heart model, which is in our XR library. So that's where I'm at. I've got two things, and now I can um, start talking about those learning outcomes and what we're trying to do. So in this case, um, we're trying to learn about the different types of things that can uh, create an EKG and make changes to that EKG. And one of those things could be like an enlarged ventricle or atrial fib. So we can start talking about medicines that change that, um, cardiac health, so many things. So the learning outcomes are not just what is the anatomy of the heart, but all about uh, medical um, interventions of and heart disease. So that's those are very different things related, but different things that you learn. So uh, Megan, I'm gonna 
pass it to you to talk for a minute while I connect this to my little phone thing so it's more stabilized. So let's do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that where where we are in that kind of uh, design of the instruction process then is we've we've identified outcomes. We have decided how is the student going to show me what they want to do in the end. Maybe that utilizes um, and and Eon XR experience, but maybe it doesn't, right? Maybe they're being asked to do something as a project um, inside of the software, but maybe they're not. And then now we're really into that um, that definition of the learning activities and the experience that the student is going to have with the content that's going to lead them to success in that culminating project assessment, whatever you want to call it, right? So in that backwards design process, you are now the sorcerer. I, I love the, the image in my mind is always uh, Mickey Mouse from Fantasia when he puts on the sorcerer's hat and he starts... <laughs> getting all the brooms and the mops and stuff, right? That's what you become then as that instructor. So this becomes your tool to convey information, but also to interact with students as well. Exactly. And also it's really easy from here then to just add materials. So you can see, I got my phone now on the little tripod. So it's a little bit more stable. I can um, make a quiz. Now the quiz doesn't have to be about what part of the heart it is, I can just rewrite the quiz. And I learned <laughs> I can use my microphone to do this. So let's say I want to make a new quiz and I'll call it it's uh, pulmonary artery, but maybe I want to edit that quiz. So go ahead and click the pencil here. Now watch this magic with my microphone. What is the function of the pulmonary artery and what type of blood flows through it, arterial or venous? So that's a heck of a question that I would have had to type out, but I just use a microphone on my phone. And I can have different um, answers here. And again, you can click in there and you can also just talk. So the quizzes are super quick to create now with um, the ability to talk and, and do this on um, on a mobile device, a tablet, or a phone. I'm just using my phone right now. But since I learned how to use a microphone, it's all very quick and easy. You can also identify, locate parts, and those are pretty easy too. So if I want to identify a part, I just find it on my model. So I just click the plus sign, click a part, maybe the right ventricle, done. So I've got a new activity there. And that is sometimes that's the goal, right? When we think about the the design of the instruction, sometimes I I am asking students to simply recall facts that they have that I need them to know, right? I I definitely want my doctor, my nurse, my my physician's assistant to know what the right ventricle is. That's an important thing. The content, right? Is is it on um, if we're thinking about the you know Bloom's taxonomy? being able to identify the right atrium or the right ventricle is not necessarily the, the top of the pyramid, but it's the foundation of that dang pyramid. And I need to make sure that I am covering all of my bases. So I think what I'm trying to, to point out or say here is really, you can do a, a myriad of different things within that quiz portal. So I can create quizzes that are very simplistic, right? Locate the thing, find the thing, tell me what the thing is. Or I can create 
application type of questions based on the information that's there. And it's all self-graded. So here's the other thing that I think from a, from a, as I'm building these lessons, something to think about. If there's a particular concept or a particular thing that students just, they really need to know, right? Think of that flipped classroom. Before they come in here to do this thing with us as a class, I really need them to understand this part of the concept. And they can do it 97 times, 122 times until they get it right. And you as an instructor have that ability to see the reports area of the lesson to see who's getting it and who's not. And so if I'm trying to differentiate instruction inside of my classroom, I have a tool now that says, yep, I know that this person has all of the, the foundation and they're ready to step up to the next level. But this group over here, they don't have the foundation yet. And I need them just doing the foundation because we all know as instructors that have been in the classroom, <laughs> as soon as you mix those two pots together, you, you are doing the base. You're doing the foundation because you it, it's impossible as one human to differentiate in that in that context. So this gives you that opportunity to clone yourself right? <laughs> and go, OK, now everybody gets to do it 97 times until I know that you have that foundational information and then we can build from there. Right. And I just think, you know, people ask, well, why am I just not watching a video? So the immersive content is very different in lighting up your brain. Because you're, you saw me. I'm touching my phone. I'm changing the parts. I'm. I can take it apart, put together, look through with X-ray vision, and then have the content next to that. So that there's a lot of advantages. Um, almost every peer-reviewed study shows a huge increase in memory and retention, um, and understanding of concepts, um, student engagement, um, enjoying the classroom, and so forth in these types of lessons. And so that is why. I mean, it's pretty concrete. It's been, um, you know, it's, you can read on Google Scholar, many dissertations on this type of stuff, including our own software with Eon XR, but it's reminds me because I'm a musician um, of the way I remember things. And, and it's great. I'm going to wrap a whole story around this on Megan's sons. So for me, I'm son number two. <laughs> um, what, so for me, because uh, the way I learned uh, music was by holding a guitar or playing a keyboard and then the notes went in my head so there's a certain tactile thing about learning for me I did that since I can remember since I was born so for me if I go on the computer and go I'm going to take a math test on the computer like zero things fire in my head zero but if I have a pencil and paper and I'm crossing out things and writing things down my both sides of my brain light up and I can do any math and it becomes like autopilot. I don't even have to think about it. Same with music. <clears throat> um, it's it's a if I'm holding an instrument or touching a piano, like I can have uh, music, a uh, film soundtrack happen in my head, and it and I start playing it. If I'm just sitting there thinking about it, nothing happens, like nothing. And so that is really important to understand about uh, learning modality. So for me, it's a tactile thing, and that's just the way that I develop my brain to learn. And so for people like me, um, XR experiences change learning tremendously. And I think for most people, when you have that multiple inputs into your body, right? Hearing, seeing, touching, um, if you have like two of those things, it, it, if you can get both your sides to both of your sides of your brain to light up, um, 
Now, you might ask about, well, what if you're hearing impaired or visually impaired? And I can tell you my best students in composition were my visually impaired students, which I've had many, many who are very successful professional composers. And they're using their senses in a heightened way to do things tactile and hearing, or it might be tactile and seeing or something like that. So um, it's the same for people that have an impairment as those things are heightened and then you remember them or perform in a higher way. Absolutely. And you just from a just to put my instructional designer hat on, you're you're really talking about dual encoding theory. So there is like established <laughs> in instructional and brain science that is all around this topic. And I would definitely encourage people to dig in and look because it is it is really fascinating. I think if there was ever a thing that made made me go back to school to be Dr. Megan Blevins, it would be how our brain learns just like really getting, you know, rolling up sleeves and getting elbow deep into what what is it that makes our brain learn and what things fire and why can, why Rena, can you sit down and try to compose something, but couldn't do it. But if you're actively, you know, moving around and, and doing, then all of a sudden I'm now I can do it. Right. Why, why does that do that? So I think that that's a really interesting thing to explore. Um, and it just speaks to as professional educators, we always want to be giving that array, right? I want all my students to be successful. I want everybody to hit the mark, right? I want everybody to leave the proverbial door, mastering the outcome and feeling good about it, right? Because we can teach students in really <laughs> boring ways, <laughs> but I want them to leave with happiness too. <laughs> so to kind of put that all into perspective and thank you all for listening both on our webinars and our podcasts out there is be organized we all anyone who's taught does starts in the same way or you know we what are we going to teach about what are those learning outcomes what's that lesson going to be about what's some discussion prompts have a chance for input you know uh, projects uh, collective thinking and reflection so all the normal things that we do as teachers so get organized first then based on learning outcomes which ones of those in your class lend themselves to to something visual that would make that more immersive, make that more um, of a, a different experience for everybody. And I can tell you, I know this because I play softball and everyone brings their kids, is they're sitting there all day while we're playing softball on their phone. So their kids are comfortable with phones from birth up now. And so, um, and more comfortable than we are as faculty who did not grow up with phones. So this is something that, this is the way they learn. So um, to me that we're meeting them where they are, not where we are <laughs> necessarily. And they can do this pretty easily. So, and then once you do that and you relate um, content that you wanna teach to immersive visual content, um, portals, um, knowledge information, assessment information, that's it. So again, it, it's mostly in our comfort zone already with what we develop as instructors and then adding that content. And, and again, it's not about you may never teach about parts of things. You may be teaching about um, order of operations, or you may just be teaching concepts like I was just doing with, you know, medicine and heart rhythms. So it there's so many different ways to um, to do to deliver learning outcomes and consider all of those uh, when you're looking at models. And the one thing I would say is I've never been stopped 
from making immersive lesson because a model wasn't available. Because I know that I can attach content to almost anything, whether it's a room or I scanned my little robot with my phone or, you know, there, or I took a 360 image of a room or I just brought in a building. I mean, there's, um, there's kind of infinite examples. And so I would say to all of you that, uh, that struggle with that kind of leap from how do you go from kind of your LMS or the book to immersive lessons to contact us. And we're super happy to create these with you. And we love doing it. We do this um, for many hours a day. So um, we find it pretty quick and easy. You saw me doing it there in, in a couple of minutes. So um, yeah, Megan, closing thoughts. Yeah, I think that that's really it. Like don't, the that idea that we, it's not, you, it doesn't have to be big and complicated. It doesn't have to be this elaborate thing to be an immersive experience. It can be, there's the heart. That's how it pumps blood. It can be, here's the solar system. Tell me the names of the planets. Or it can be, there's a really creative lesson that we're um, going to highlight really soon in our soon to come newsletter. So be on the lookout for that. That talks about the composition of a paragraph and they use a building to describe it. Really, like there are so many creative things you can do and you don't have to reinvent that wheel. So I would say it doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but give give your brain some room and some space. Maybe go take a walk, right? Make get your get your body moving and and start to think about it. And like Rena said, if you get stuck, we're here and we love to do this stuff. Thanks, Megan. And we're uh thanks to our audience. Uh we'll be back weekly doing uh, the same stuff and uh and things are really exciting out there it's a great time for xr it's a great time for ai um and uh we'll see you out there and and hit your help so thanks everybody <laughs>